You're listening to Faith and Family. I'm Andy Bates. Thinking about your child's education. Maybe you have a child preparing for high school next year, and it's it's time to start thinking about that that next chapter. What are your options? Maybe you've been you, you have a, a great Lutheran school in your community, K through eight, and trying to decide what to do next. What are your options in your community? Have you thought about the opportunity that awaits a student at a Lutheran boarding high school? What does that mean, boarding school? We're always so afraid of that term. Let's find out in just a little bit. You're listening to Faith and Family on Worldwide KFUO. Thanks to our friends at Concordia University, Wisconsin, and their great support of Faith and Family. You can find them on our website, kfuo.org. Look for them in the sponsor section, Concordia University, Wisconsin. Joining me in studio today, Clint Colwell. He's Director of Admission at St. Paul Lutheran High School in Concordia, Missouri. Clint, welcome to Faith and Family. Hey, thanks, Andy. It's great to be here. Thanks, thanks for, for making the, the, the trip over from Concordia, Missouri, beautiful Concordia, Missouri. Absolutely. Uh, here to, yeah. to St. Louis uh, to spend some time with me in studio today. Sure. Where is Concordia, Missouri? Wow, Concordia, Missouri. That's a great question. Uh, it's kind of out in the middle of where you might say nowhere, but uh, it's closer to Kansas City. We're about 45 minutes east of Kansas City, uh, about two and a half hours west of St. Louis, right on I-70. So if you go in between the two, you'll go right past it. And it's it's a, a quaint little town. It is. Right off of I-70. Let's talk about the, the history of St. Paul Lutheran High School in Concordia, Missouri. Started a long time ago. It did. 1883 uh, is when it started. So you were not the admission director then. I was not. I was not even around uh, <laughs> at, at that point. Um, 1883 is when it started. It really started as uh, a school uh, to to bring men into the pastoral ministry. It was a way to, to funnel them towards our seminary here in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a six-year program, so it actually started out with high school and a college. Um, it's, it's similar in nature. We have some, other, some of our other Concordias. Seward uh, was a part of that, uh, and some of the other ones that did the uh, same sim, uh, a model as that. Brought them in for six years of high school, two years of college, and then moved them on into the seminary to get into the pastoral ministry. Um, over the course of time, uh, things changed, of course, and uh, our other synodical colleges dropped the high school, kept the college, and they went from there. Uh, we decided to be a little bit different, and we dropped the college, and we kept the high school. And uh, so if you go to our campus today, it looks very much like a college campus. It's stately old uh, brick buildings, and we have dormitories, and the whole thing that you would find on a, a typical college campus, but now we're a high school. The way that we have uh, the, the the models of education or the way we approach education back in the 1880s has certainly changed. Uh, as as you pointed out, we we had this model that um, high school and college were very closely linked, and uh, it was what the the gymnasium. Gymnasium, yeah, that's exactly what it was. It was a six year program, mm-hmm. and uh, it was it was not unusual that um, if you. Uh, had a child that you were going to say, you know, they, they're your brightest and your best, and you would send them into the ministry, um, you, that, that you would have to send them to a, a program like this, and they would stay on campus, and uh, that's how they would learn. And over the course of time, that opened up then to the teaching ministry uh, and some other things, but they, they, they kept that model for, for quite a while, that, uh, that it was not unusual to send a, a high schooler away to school uh, and then on to college and then on to the seminary or wherever mm-hmm. uh, to be a, a part of the church and to, to grow the church. 
What is St. Paul Lutheran High School today? So it, it is a little bit different today. Um, we are unusual in that uh, we are a boarding school. Um, we're a high school that's a boarding school. You don't see a lot of those around in the Missouri Synod. Um, we are the at least one of, if not the only, uh, boarding school we have our, that has their own on-campus dormitories um, for, for kids to, to live as well as, as learn. Uh, over the years, we've kind of uh, been had to adapt to what does that mean for us? So when, when the college closed for the high school, they began to realize very quickly uh, the particular area that we're in couldn't support um, just the amount of students coming from there. We would get a few students from around the country because that was also the model, and, and we kept that. Uh, but they began to realize very quickly that we had to open the doors uh, to some other opportunities, and uh, international students became a natural fit for that. So it's an international campus, by all means, in terms of the, the population of students. We have domestic U.S. students and, and international students coming from all around the world. True. Um, we have international students that right now, I think this year we have 14 different countries are represented on campus. But uh, the, the, the big thing about us is, is um, that makes us also unique or, or we have kept the history of is um, we're, we're a Lutheran school. That happens to have international students, uh, and and we want to maintain that. That's a difference between an international school that happens to be Lutheran. Um, we find value in the fact that uh, we are a Lutheran school. Um, that we see the ministry that we have as a as a school and a Lutheran school, and uh, we maintain that with our kids uh, through preaching of the gospel, and uh, we continue that tradition too of uh, encouraging the concept, of, the idea of vocation. Uh, of our kids, not only, you know, no matter what you do, you have a vocation in Christ uh, to share the word, but also the vocation of, of the uh, option or opportunity for church work. Um, and uh, we have a, a high percentage of our students that do go on mm-hmm. and continue to do ch- church work. In fact, I was just looking at that and uh, I believe about 24% uh, of, our, of our students will go on to a Lutheran college or university and most of those will pursue church work of one form or another. We have, uh, I believe, several St. Paul alumni right here at the LCMS International Center. I'm sure you do. They're, they're everywhere. Let's go back in time prior to your service at St. Paul Lutheran High School. What, before you really even knew much about St. Paul Lutheran High School, what was your idea or concept of a boarding school? That's that's funny. Um, so I'm probably like everybody else um, that you hear the concept of uh, boarding school. You know, what does that mean? Um, probably my my only uh, understanding of a boarding school would come from movies, you know, things like Dead Poet Society and uh, and uh, maybe Hogwarts or something uh, that that was like that. And, um, you know, really a lot of people and I, I deal with this today and, and, and I can relate that uh, it seems like a boarding school would be a place you would send a child either because um, you don't care much for them, you don't want them in your house anymore, they're an inconvenience, or uh, they're a problem and they need somebody to fix them. Uh, that's neither the case uh, of, of St. Paul today. But um, you know, very, the parents very much care about them, and our students very much want to be uh, a part of our, our community. But uh, you know, my perception uh, of the school was that I you know I didn't know a lot, and in fact. Um, for a lot, even in my ministry, didn't really know a lot about St. Paul. 
that, that we even had a boarding school uh, until we started to have some interaction with there. I got married, and my wife happens to uh, be the daughter of a, a teacher that is called to, to St. Paul. And through that interaction, um, we've had kind of a periphery vision of, of St. Paul and Concordia, and uh, our family was able to be connected to it through that, and I got to learn a lot more uh, about the school. What were the... What changed your mind about your previous misconceptions about a boarding school? Um, I think seeing the school, you mm-hmm. know, and, and number one, um, seeing the students, uh, talking with the students, interacting with the students, um, realizing, number one, they're normal kids. Uh, they're not problem kids. In effect, they're exceptional. And uh, the fact that um, they just love their school, you know, St. Paul... Uh, and I remember St. Paul kids when I was in college. I went to a graduate of Concordia Seward, and you would see uh, the St. Paul letter jackets running around uh, on campus, and you're like, "Who are these people?" Um, and but they all were a very tight knit community. You know, they loved each other and they liked to hang around each other. And um, when you begin to realize that their connection was this place, and then you get to um, a little bit more involved in it, you start talking to the faculty and the staff. Uh, and how much this school means to them. And it's just really, it's an extension of, of their, their everyday life is to be uh, on campus because there are so many kids that stay on campus. Before you became a part of the, the staff at, at St. Paul, you were a parent yes. of a student. Yes. What, tell me that story. What led up to uh, your family's decision to send a a child to St. Paul Lutheran High School. Sure. Uh, so uh, I'm a graduate uh, of Seward. I'm a DCE. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a youth director uh, in the parish for 23 years uh, doing that before I came to the school. And uh, in the last oh, 10 years or so, we had been in a, at a church in Springfield, Missouri, which is about two and a half or three hours um, south of Concordia. Um, when my daughter Uh, I have three daughters, and they were in Lutheran grade school their whole life. Um, And then when my daughter suddenly became an eighth grader, uh, the realization of what are we going to do for for high school became very, very real. Um, You know, we we had considered St. Paul. You know, it it was there. Uh, We have family there. Uh, We talked to our daughter about that, and and she'd considered it. And then um, kind of at at, at, when the rubber met the road and we had to make a decision uh, about what we were going to do, um, the decision was made to uh, not go to St. Paul that first year. And uh, she went to public school, uh, which was primarily the other option there. And uh, it, it very quickly began to realize that was not a good fit for, for her or, or, or for us. It was much, much, much bigger. Uh, the public schools in Springfield are, are quite large. Uh, that was a big difference from our little Lutheran school. Uh, the community in that school, I know she missed that terribly, the, the small uh, tight community and the ability to to kind of do things, you know, do after school sports. She liked cheerleading. Uh, that just was not going to happen in a, in a school like that. Uh, so we took a visit again uh, to St. Paul, specifically with the idea of you know how how could this fit uh, for her? And she met some of the students there, and they were just the most welcoming. They uh, they took her into their there were there was a group of them just sitting there, and they took her in and. Uh, they talked to her uh, about the school and she left there uh, feeling like this is the the place to be, the place to be for her. Uh, and so 
that was a certainly as a parent, uh, that was a difficult uh, decision. Why was it difficult for you as a parent? Um, well, you know, boarding school is a, is is not a, the traditional way you do that. Uh, you know, the, the traditional concept is students go away to school at college, uh, not in high school. Um, so to wrap your head around that, that whole process maybe is moved up uh, a, a few years is, is certainly uh, different. It's hard to imagine as a parent how your, your child would do uh, in a situation um, like that, not being at home. And I think uh, as a parent, it was probably harder as a parent than it was for the child. Most of our kids, in, in going around and talking to families, most of the kids see themselves as able to do that and are ready to go. And the hesitancy a lot of times will come from the parents. And I can relate to to that because as a parent, you think, I'm, you know, maybe I'm not ready for that or I want them to be home during this time. Uh, what we discovered with that was... Um, you know, obviously taking your child to school and dropping them off is, is probably the, one of the most difficult gifts you can give your child um, to do that, but you do that for them. And in uh, looking back at that, as difficult as it was, you know, to, to drop them off and drive away on that, that first day, when I think about uh, coming back and seeing my kids involved in that campus and, and uh, happy and connected and in a place that is nurturing and they're growing, um, you know, not, not just academically, but spiritually, I would do that a hundred times over uh, again to, to give that to them because uh, it just um, is one of those places, you know, there are very few places or institutions um, out there that you could send your child to and it makes them better because they were there. And, and St. Paul is one of those, definitely one of those places. So you made the child for, or made the decision for your oldest daughter, and then uh, continued to make this decision. Yes. So uh, our, we have you know, three daughters. So our, our middle daughter then um, obviously looked at that and said, "That looks great." <laughs> you know, uh, there's, you know, she had a chance to visit, and uh, you know, we have opportunities for kids to come. They can shadow during a day and see what a school day looks like. They can spend time in the dorms. They can spend the night and see what a so what dorm life really looks like. And our daughter did that, and she was she was all about it. And uh, so she was able to she fit right in. And again, it was as parents, it was probably harder for us than it was for her. You know, I in in my mind um, when I remember dropping her off, and she was our homebody person. Like she liked to be home and she liked to snuggle on the couch. And uh, I envision her, you know, it, sitting in her room crying because she missed her mom and dad and then come to find out that that didn't happen at all. <laughs> she, she missed us, but not that much, I guess. And um, it turned out that, you know, it was just harder for mom and I, you know, to, to adjust to that. But you adjust quickly when you see how happy they are uh, and, and what that kind of, um, what that becomes for them and that uh, the gift that that is. What are your tips for parents who who struggle with that, who who have those questions of, can I send my child away to a school that is an hour and a half away, six hours away? It's, it, it, it would take me half a day to get there right. or a whole day to get there. And, you know, and, and we, we get that. Um, you know, for us, it was two and a half to three hours. So it was possible 
to get up there easily in a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some families do send their kids and they're much farther away. We have families from California and, you know, Colorado and uh, other places that um, that's maybe not quite so easy. And we have international students that come from halfway around the world. And it's definitely not um, going to happen. And, uh, you know, the the thing I, I say to them is, number one, you can. Um, it, it, it is possible because people do it. Um, the other thing is, is uh, it's okay um, to say that, you know, that boarding school is not necessarily for everybody. Uh, number one, the students have to want to be there. That um, the students that are successful there are ones that are motivated to be there. They want to be a part of that. Um, and the other thing is, is I would look at that, you know, as a parent. One thing that was helpful to me was to, to look at their high school career, if you will, um, to say that it's four years, but it's, it's, it's a head start on the rest of their life. You know, their life is so much bigger than those four years of high school. And for the things, the daily things that I might've missed, um, by not necessarily being there, they gained so much more, uh, in independence. Uh, they learned how to have a roommate and live in a dorm and do their laundry and get up on their own, uh, for class that, uh, you know, their preparation for college was so much greater than if they had not had that experience and been suddenly thrust into that, um, you know, with a bunch of other kids that were didn't have that experience. And, you know, you, you remember how sometimes that can go. And, um, you know, for both of my daughters that had gone through that, uh, when they got to college, they would look at some of the freshmen and roll their eyes and be like, yeah, I've been there, done that already. The meeting other college freshmen and, and seeing the, the realities that they were struggling with, that, that their classmates were struggling with, they already had that experience and, and came in with really with an advantage. They do. And, and uh, you know, one of the things is it, at a school like St. Paul's, um, we, we, we help them manage that, you know, so it, it's, they're not just on their own. Um, you know, we, we have, there's a lot more, um, tighter rules than you would have in a college. So for, for dorm life, you have to check in, you have to check out, you have to tell people where you're going. Uh, you have study hours uh, that, and you have to be uh, in the dorm at a certain hour. You have to be in bed at a certain hour, um, you know, and, and those things are instilled in our students. And as they get in to be a senior, less and less of those are, are necessarily uh, enforced. You still have to be in the dorm but maybe your study hours are less or, or not at all, depending on your grade point average, because you're not going to have that in college. Um, we're, our, our goal with our students in the dorm is to get them as ready as they're going to be uh, for that first day of college when none of those kinds of things exist for them. And uh, it prepares them. It gives them good study habits, uh, and it gives them you know, the opportunity uh, to experience that in a way that by the time they get to college... Um, they have good habits and good things are already developed for them. Checking in, checking out, certainly an important part of being a a safe environment for a high school student. Other other um, responses you might share, other ways that you might share with with parents when they ask that question: How will I know that my my child's going to be safe? I, you know, we're going to be hours away. How do I know that they're going to be safe all the time when they're so far away? Right. Um, well, you know, it's, it, it, it'd be, you know, I could throw that question back. How do you know they're, they're safe when they go out with their friends 
on a, on a Saturday night. Um, we take precautions to to keep them safe. So in the dorm, uh, there is a system you do have to check out when you every time you leave the dorm. There's a it actually looks like a punch card, but there's a card, and you sign on there and you just say when did you leave and where are you going, and uh, and and you move it from there's an in slot and there's an out slot. It's kind of old, low tech, but it works and. Uh, the dorms have uh, a resident dorm supervisor, a counselor that lives there. There's an apartment on site. They're there all the time. Uh, they have office hours after school and evenings, so they work a lot of nights and weekends. Um, but they, they pay attention, so they look as the kids are coming and going, uh, where the, the out slot cards are. The parents have uh, some f- forms that they fill out. Do you want your child getting in a car with other students? Yes or no? They'll watch out for that. Um, uh, that kind of stuff. And, uh, when they, when they come back in, so curfews at 10 o'clock at night, they have to be in the dorm. So the first thing the dorm counselor does is looks at where are those cards? Are they all in the in slot? Uh, if they're not, where is that person? Cause sometimes they'll forget to move their card and there, there are, there are minor consequences for that infraction like that. Uh, cause you just got to have them do that. And if they're not there, then there's other consequences to that kind of behavior. And, um, they check, they uh, instill in the girls' dorm where my girls lived, they had um, um, student assistants, they called them essays, it would be like an RA, in resident assistant in college, and they would live on, be on the dorms and they would walk the floors, make sure everybody was in the room and when they were supposed to be and that kind of stuff uh, to take care of them. So they, they, uh, they make sure, you know, the kids are particularly for the dorms where they that they're, they are where they're supposed to be when they're supposed to be there and we have a pretty good track record of of taking care of them and and uh making sure that and the kids know you know that the the rules are there you don't have to be uh at our school if if you're a rule breaker and uh you don't want to be at our school that's pretty easy to mm-hmm. to, to go home and and that's a, that's an important part of our what makes i think saint paul special is the kids love their school they love it enough that they would do that, and uh, they're a part of that because they want to be a part of that community. Nobody's sneaking out in the middle of the night to go to the Concordia Mall. No, yeah, because there is no Concordia <laughs> Mall, which is also helpful when there's very little to do uh, in in town. That uh, all of the action is is on campus and is closed by nine o'clock. Right, right. Yes, the, the sidewalks roll up and things are things are done. Yep. A great place to, uh, a, a great town for a high school and, and uh, uh, for that, that education and formation of young people. We need to take a, a quick break. When we come back from that, we'll learn more about St. Paul Lutheran High School in Concordia, Missouri. We're talking with Clint Colwell. He's director of admission at St. Paul Lutheran High School. You're listening to Faith and Family on the Messenger of Good News. Concordia University, Wisconsin, and Mequon overlooks a half mile of beautiful Lake Michigan shoreline. 
CUW campus is located 15 miles north of Milwaukee with over 70 undergraduate majors, 28 graduate degree programs, and doctorate programs in pharmacy, physical therapy, occupational therapy, and nursing practice. CUW offers online learning and accelerated learning at one of nine Wisconsin centers and one in St. Louis. Traditional or accelerated education, CUW has the program for you. CUW.edu. This is Life Issues with Brad Mattis, president of Life Issues Institute. The Guttmacher Institute was originally founded to be the research arm of Planned Parenthood, the most aggressive provider and promoter of abortion throughout pregnancy. Guttmacher released stats that nearly half of the women who had an abortion in 2014 have had at least one prior abortion. The data support ongoing evidence abortion continues to be used as a form of birth control. Guttmacher also found women who paid for their own abortions versus having insurance or financial assistance cover the cost were less likely to have a previous abortion. This is a good argument against tax funding of abortion. It also supports Texas' recent legislation to stop insurance companies from including abortion benefits with their policies. Women who have to pay are less likely to abort. Follow us on Twitter at Life Issues USA and stay informed, more informed than you've ever been. Three things make a believer. Oratio, meditatio, tentatio. Prayer, meditation, and growth. Which is why every weekday morning from 7 to 8 a.m. we bring you Oratio, an hour of solace, contemplation, scripture, sacred music, and faith. Oratio, the dawn breaks with prayer every morning on Worldwide KFUO. Visitors are flocking to Wittenberg, Germany this year for the 500th anniversary of the Lutheran Reformation. You too can follow in Luther's footsteps through a new two-part video called The Luther Mile. Tour the cradle of the Reformation with LCMS President Reverend Dr. Matthew Harrison as he provides facts and anecdotes of historic Reformation sites. Watch The Luther Mile at lutheranreformation.org slash luthermile. Think fast. In the short time it takes to listen to this message, a small flame can turn into a big fire. Several minutes more, and thick, poisonous smoke may have filled your lungs and reduced your ability to respond. Give it five, and your entire home may be filled with flames. Keep breathing. We've got you. Don't let your world go up in smoke. Have working smoke alarms and always stay in the kitchen when cooking at high temperatures. Learn more at usfa.fema.gov, because fire is everyone's fight. In 1924, we embraced the new technology of that day, radio. Since that day, we've stayed on the cutting edge of technology. There are many easy ways to listen to Worldwide KFUO. On the air, online, and on demand. We proclaim the gospel of Christ in both word and song. Now that's why you should listen. The where and the how, well, that's up to you. The messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO. Concord Matters is a show seeking agreement in Christian confession. I'm Pastor Charles Henriksen, one of the hosts of Concord Matters, heard on Worldwide KFUO each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Central and a repeat on Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Central. We take an in-depth look at the Book of Concord with some fine Lutheran theologians. Concord Matters, live on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. on Worldwide KFUO, the messenger of good news.
You're listening to Faith and Family. I'm Andy Bates, talking with Clint Colwell, Director of Admission at St. Paul Lutheran High School in Concordia, Missouri. St. Paul Lutheran High School is a boarding school in locally, located in Concordia, Missouri, about 45 minutes just outside of Kansas City and about two and a half hours from St. Louis. A nice, beautiful location uh, right in the, the uh, well, close to the middle of the state. Clint is here sharing with us stories from uh, from his own family and from other students at, at uh, St. Paul Lutheran High School. Uh, before we went to break, in the, in the first half, Clint, you mentioned that um, St. Paul Lutheran High School is a Lutheran school with international students. There are um, U.S. students and students from around the world that make up this student body at St. Paul Lutheran High School. What did you mean by that, that, that it is a Lutheran high school who, has, who happens to have international students as opposed to an international school that happens to be Lutheran? Sure. Um, so our, our identity has always been and, and, and is, it's who we are, is we're a Lutheran school. Um, we, we, we teach Lutheran doctrine, uh, we have Bible classes um, as part of our, our curriculum. Um, that, that doesn't change, and we don't uh, uh, change who we are you know, for, uh, out of that uh, identity, because um, we keep that. that. That's important to us. It's important to us um, you know, for, for the base of our students that we have uh, Lutheran students, you know, in our population, you know, we, we work with uh, local schools. Um, we have programs and uh, uh, for to be able to get uh, Lutheran students in the area. And in fact, uh, the Lutheran grade school uh, is a big supporter as far as students go. We had 100% of the eighth graders from the school, downtown school. Um, downtown is what we call it. It's Concordia. But um, 100% of those kids this year uh, came over to our school. We get a, a number of them from the area, and we give uh, some tuition discounts for, for kids that have graduated from a Lutheran school because it's uh, it's important to us that, that that student body make up and reflect who we are as a Lutheran, as a Lutheran school. Um, and, and essentially, and importantly, too, that because we do get um, international students that um, – for a lot of which don't have that background, either a Lutheran background or, or a church background at all, uh, that come to us, um, we know that um, the influence that we want to have uh, really is, is a Lutheran identity, and that comes from our students, it comes from our faculty. Uh, they're all called uh, teachers um, from Lutheran institutions or their colloquied. Uh, that's important to us uh, to be able to do that. So. Uh, you know that the fact that we are a Lutheran school that has international students and not an international school that happens to be Lutheran, um, that's a big that's a big deal for us that uh, that we maintain that Lutheran identity. What does that look like on a day to day basis on campus? Um, you mentioned studying God's word, hearing God's word. What does that look like? So um, the curriculum in the school. Um, there is to graduate from St. Paul. There's some requirements that uh, you have to take a, a religion class uh, of some of some sort, and we have lots of options um, every year that that you're there on campus. There's a, a requirement. You know, we have chapel three times a week. Um, we have um, student-led and and faculty-led Bible studies that are. You know, it's 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 nice when half of your campus population lives right there, and you can have that. Um, they have to go to uh, a church, church service. Um, one of the things that um, 
we have we have done because we have international students and uh, that's a requirement of our of our school we've learned that uh, if you have a, a sizable group of kids or, or, or a group of kids that may not have a, a strong or any church background at all and then you tell them uh, you need to go to church uh, when they go to church um, they're not familiar with anything any norms any customs mm-hmm. what what it looks like um, what do you do uh, in church and um, so we we've learned over the years that uh, rather than have them go and you know bring drinks and snacks and things because it looks like a theater that it's not um, that it maybe it's better if if we kind of step back a little bit and said uh, let's 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 make it a little more basic with it so we have a we've started uh, several years ago an international worship service that's what we call it but it's a, a service that we hold it's on campus uh, it's much shorter uh, the message is much more simple. Uh, and it gives us an opportunity to opportunity to even talk about when you do go to a worship service, when you are in the big church uh, across the street, uh, what's happening in there because they don't know. And um, and uh, I've had the privilege of being able to do that. It's much more like a chapel uh, than it is an actual full fledged service. Um, but you know the basic message, like when I go in there, is that uh, two rules exist in the universe: there is a God, and He loves you. And, uh, you know, if that's a message we can start with, that God loves you, everything kind of flows out of, out of that. The whole, the whole message of, of who we are as Christians um, can, can start at that point, you know, that you understand there's a God and he loves you. And everything else, the whole reason for Jesus and the Bible and the gospel message kind of flows out of that. And, uh, you know, it's a great thing when you have kids that, some of which for the very first time are, are hearing something like that and uh, they come to our campus and they're going to hear it because mm-hmm. that's who we are and that's what we do. Tell me about students who have come to St. Paul who uh, who who had no no church connection, no, no connection to the church before they came here and what that what that meant for them to to be introduced to the word of God, to sure. be introduced to this gospel message. Sure, um, we we do. You know, uh, every so often, you know, we'll, we will get you know, some of those students um, will hear that word and it resonates with them. You know, we know that the word does its work; that it it goes out and it's the seed that's that's planted, and one way or the other, it's doing something. Uh, for some of those students, it resonates with them to the point that uh, they want to get baptized, and uh, you know that their time on campus and hearing that uh, is important to them. And um, we have a a student that graduated last year. I actually uh, reached out to her and said, "Hey, could you share with me a little bit about your story uh, of your time on campus?" She was baptized um, uh, after being on uh, on our campus for a, a few years and hearing that. And, uh, you know, she was from uh, a student from Thailand. She's currently um, going to the university in Colorado uh, now. And, and um, you know, her message was she had kind of a, a superficial relationship with the church. You know, she knew about Jesus. She had heard about it, uh, but just didn't really know who all, who Jesus was, what this Bible was. Uh, her parents were Buddhist. Um and coming to St. Paul, she said, you know, that just put all of those pieces together and it made Jesus real for her. Um, and that to the point where 
she she felt like the, the that she was God was calling her, and um, she was baptized. And I asked her, you know, how how was that with your family? Um, she said, you know, her family uh, in particular was was pretty accepting of that. You know, uh, they're they're Buddhist, but I don't know how strong Buddhist they are. And you know, sometimes certain religions are kind of accepting of all different kinds of other things. Um, so um, for her. Um, that was a real success story. I mean, that's that's the mission, right? And 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 a big part of a uniqueness of our mission that even if if the student doesn't, you know, uh, get baptized for what they hear, we know that they're taking what they're hearing and they're taking it home. Um, so it's going from this little spot in the middle of Missouri and um, going out to all over the world because uh, a natural question mom and dad is going to ask when. They, they get home after being gone to school for a year is, you know, what did you learn? And they're going to talk about what they learned. And a big part of what they've learned is Jesus. Um, and we, we are able to uh, accommodate the idea that, you know, in our religion curriculum, it's not a one size fits all. Uh, we know that uh, we have a number of students. So we get a lot of Lutheran kids. So their, their background in in the Bible and in in religion is a little bit different. So um, they might go on a, a track that's that's probably a little bit more intensive uh, than somebody that's never heard it before. And so we have classes catered towards um, introducing kids to who Jesus is. We call it Life of Christ. And um, so if we have students that come from a background of little to no church, that that's going to be where they go, rather than trying to stick them in systematic doctrine. Which might be a little bit more than than they're they're ready for at that at that point. Having an international campus or a, a campus that has international students, what advantage does that give the the domestic students, the U.S. students? You know, you know, it's great because um, you know one of the things like my daughters that uh, have gone there and other kids too that you have friends all over the world that you're going to make friends and, and it introduces you to their cultures because when you become friends with somebody, you learn about them. You learn about the things that are important to them and you learn about um, you know, how, how they think and how they operate. How do you do Christmas? Uh, things like that. And uh, we've had the privilege of you know, our international students, a lot of them don't go home on the holidays. It's just hard to, to fly halfway around the world for a week or two weeks or, or something. Uh, so you know, we have families that will take them in for the holidays. And you learn so much uh, from them about everybody. Christmas is one of those holidays everybody seems to celebrate and they all do it a little bit differently, which is interesting because some cultures are atheist by nature, but they still do Christmas. And there are cultures that you know are not Christian, but they still do Christmas in some way or another. They do something and, and you learn from them. And then they learn you know, from us uh, holidays like Thanksgiving, <laughs> which... It's an American holiday. Mm-hmm. They don't do that everywhere else, uh, and and things. So our students, you know, they learn about that, uh, the diversity in cultures. You learn, uh, I think, and I and I've learned this too. You know, in my travels, that as a recruitment director, uh, going to countries where we have students come from, that not only are, are is the time different, and the culture is different, and the most of them come from very very large cities, and Concordia is not, so that's different. Uh, the food is different, but also thinking is different. There's definitely a Western thought process that is different from, say, an Eastern thought process. And you learn about that, and you just learn 
uh, like about how people are and how they behave, but you also learn that everybody's the same. You know, teenagers are teenagers. And so a teenager from, from China is really very similar in a lot of ways to teenagers from the United States or from Norway or Serbia or Slovakia, that they, they all have that commonality of, you know, growing up and they're doing that together. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's great to see uh, lunch on campus when we have two, we, we divide it up in two lunches. And when you get it, it's like a little United Nations going on. The kids are sitting around the tables. They're laughing, they're talking. And, uh, you know, that um, there is not tension between cultures that uh, they, uh, it's great to see them just accepting uh, of one another just because they're just another one of God's people. I'm glad you mentioned uh, lunch as well. Residence life is for for a residential school, for a boarding high school, is is significant. Students aren't just eating lunch, but they're also eating other meals on campus as well. Uh, how does that work uh, in the morning, especially in the morning? How do they? Yes. So, <laughs> how do you do you breakfast? Know, we we do breakfast, lunch, dinner. So it, it, if you would find it, it, it operates very similar to a college campus that way, because we have kids in the dorms, we have to accommodate obviously meal times. Uh, breakfast is probably the least attended, um, especially as the year goes on, because, you know, you have to get up just a little earlier to go to that. I personally have never been one that could get through the day not eating breakfast, but someone will, you know, they grab a granola bar in their room or something, um, and they do that. Um, so, you know, our dorm students eat breakfast, our dorm students will eat dinner, lunch. However, our day students and our dorm students, part of the fees that our day students uh, pay is they pay for the lunches up front. Everybody eats lunch in the cafeteria. And we did that on purpose so that there wouldn't be a distinction between a day student and a dorm student. People are not bringing in lunch or bringing in other things that you're just, whatever we're serving for lunch, that's what we're getting. And, uh, and um, our lunches are actually really very good. Our, our, we, we eat there, I eat there every day. And uh, I've been pretty happy with it. Uh, the food and they have a big job in front of them um, to accommodate a, ver- a multitude of ethnic ethnic tastes and uh, they try very very hard uh, to do all that and I think they do a, a great job uh, <laughs> of covering all of that. The, the, we've learned that rice that we need lots of rice mm-hmm. uh, out there. A lot of a lot of uh, staple diets uh, include rice. <laughs> But yet that, tell me more about that time that students gather together for meals, particularly lunch. As you mentioned, you have day students and residential students, students who live in the, the dormitories on campus, but you also have other students from the community yes. that, that come as day students. What happens in those conversations? What happens in that time when they're gathered together around a meal? You know, I, I, I think they just learn more about each other. There's something about sitting around a table, eating, uh, sharing a meal together, breaking bread uh, together that that kind of bonds you together in a way that um, other activities don't do, um, and again that was a big part of of why we wanted everybody to be in the dorm. You know, not not that we wanted everybody to buy our lunch, but it's that we wanted that to be a common thing. You know, that we're sitting around and we're sharing the same the same food and and the the same thing. And uh, if nothing else, you have the experience of was it good or not, and you can you can talk about. But they. Uh, they do talk about it, and it's like when you're eating lunch or when you're eating, some of the 
the reservations or barriers might drop a little bit. And you have to chance, a chance to, to talk frankly about, you know, uh, things that might be going on at home, you know, and, and uh, our kids are, are no different than any other kids. And kids that come from another country are experience the same things at home that kids experience here. And for them, you know, the, the idea, if, and for them, the added pressure is that they're not home. So what if somebody does get sick or something happens at home and they're really missing home, you know, right now? Uh, or, or missing a part of that. They have those people around them to talk to um, and share that experience with them. And, uh, you know, for our kids, especially ones that, that live in the area, to be empathetic to the idea that it's hard to to be somewhere not home. And, uh, you know, on our campus, uh, we work with that. We know uh, that, that, that that happens. We've actually had um, some international um people that work in some of the universities and colleges will come on campus and help us, you know, to, to understand that there's a, actually a pattern of ups and downs for kids that are, that are on campus away from home, that uh, the homesickness is a very real thing and it comes and it goes and there's a definite pattern when that's going to happen. So right now they're probably feeling it. We've been here for about three or four weeks into, into the year and it's going to get better. And so we help them through it because we know it's going to get better because it will. And then around Christmas, it will get hard again because that's when you start thinking about mm-hmm. home. And then it will get better. And then the end of the year is here and they don't want to leave. <laughs> and you've been doing this since 1883. So you understand. I mean, you've seen this for generations. The uh, St. Paul has seen this for generations of students and and these patterns uh, that the students right. struggle with. We've been doing, you know, the international program started... Oh, I, I want to say it was in the 90s is when, you know, once they became a, a, a full-fledged high school. So we started doing international kids before doing international kids was the thing to do because a lot of schools now do international students. China in particular is kind of a market uh, to do that, uh, to get into that. Um, yeah, we've been doing that for a while. And so we kind of understand how that works. Uh, we, we, we've been able to figure out things about ratios, how many students of particular culture um, works because you get too many, then they tend to, to hang together. And if, if an intention is to get acclimated to American culture and speak English, that's not going to happen if you don't speak English mm-hmm. uh, and hang around with people that, that do that. How do students connect with their families? How do parents connect with their child at St. Paul? So uh, you, have, you have lots of options. Our international kids in particular, so we have Wi-Fi, you know, we are are Wi-Fi enabled on the campus and we can also um, hardwire them. So Skype is your friend. You know, you can you can call home and you can see home and you can talk at two to in the morning. At, yeah, at sometimes. <laughs> and and uh, we will work with them at at times that will that will work. So, um, you know, if you have a 12 or 13 hour time difference, there are times in the day where you can connect, you know, maybe early in the morning here. Is, is later in the afternoon there. Uh, they'll do that. We have an actual place on campus in in uh, one of our buildings where the kids can go. It's quiet if it's during the day and that's when you know, they have maybe a study hall or a break. Um, they can go and they can Skype with home because if you have, I think it's harder when you have like those weird six or eight hour time differences where you're trying to fit in when they're, you know, mom and dad are getting home from work and you're eating lunch or something, you know. Um, that they can go and they can Skype home and, and stay connected. 
Um, we have ways to keep families and parents connected through, uh, we have a website, our Facebook. Uh, we have actually have a parent portal um, that they can connect um, through the school. They can see the, their child's grades. Uh, they can see what's happening. Uh, we'll post pictures you know, in that particular is just for the parents. And we'll post lots and lots of pictures of things that are going on. And uh, the rest of the world may not necessarily need to see all of that, but you know they want to mm-hmm. and, and they want to be connected. I remember as a parent when I was not um, on campus, uh, like I am now, to be able to see glimpses of what things were going on in day-to-day life looked like uh, was a good thing. You, you kind of it just helped you feel a little bit more connected uh, to your child and then into what was going on. And and uh, for the kids, it's good for them to stay connected to home because we want that. You know, your home is your home, and uh, you just happen to this St. Paul is a place where you can live while you're going to school, but your home is is still your parents are still your parents. It's important. What do what are students prepared for when they complete their education at St. Paul? We have just a couple of minutes left. What so, are they prepared for? Ninety eight percent of our kids go on to college. We're a college preparatory school. That's what we do. Um, our international students are coming to us because they want to go to an American university, and so we prepare them for that. Uh, we're a gateway for that. You know, there's issues with visas, and we help them. There's a student visas that they get to come to our school that are transferable to universities, and they know that. It's a it's an easier process to acclimate to America for that. Um, we help them. We offer dual credit courses, so we actually offer college credit courses while they're, they're on campus. It's through Concordia University in Nebraska. So our, our teachers are actually college professors. Uh, they have to have a master's or higher in their content area to do that. And so that draws kids... Uh, to, they've already started college and colleges are looking at what's the best, how am I going to know this student is going to be a good student? And I don't think there's a better indicator of success in college is already being successful in college. If you've taken a college class and gotten an A and that kind of shows you're able to do that. Uh, and, uh, and that helps our, our kids, you know, be, be prepared. That's what they're, they're going on to do. And they go on to, to major universities uh, we've had students go to John Hopkins. They go to be doctors, lawyers. They they go on and do all kinds of things. And we also get, uh, like I said, about 25% of our graduates will go on to the Lutheran college system to become church work. We have just about two minutes left. Um, we, we've talked about academics and residence life. There are, are a whole host of other activities that students can be involved in as well on campus and in the community. Sure. So, you know, we offer obviously athletics. Uh, and our, it's fun with our international students because that's that's unique for them. Sometimes they've never done that before, and that's you know that's okay. Uh, a small school we can we can accommodate that and, and include them. So we have athletics, we have drama, we have uh, we have a math team, and actually is quite formidable because you know our students come with a very strong background in math, and they have won uh, I think it's the I seventy math tournament the last 14 years in a row (laughs) (laughs) they see us coming and then it's a battle for who's going to be second (laughs) (laughs) almost seems like an unfair advantage doesn't it (laughs) (laughs) well how can we find out more about saint paul lutheran high school and start planning for you know if i have an eighth grader or a seventh grader now how can we start looking at the the year to come the years to come Um, so we can go to our website it's www.splhs.org. Uh, that's the best place to go. 
Um, if students are already in high school, it's an easy uh, domestic students in high school to transfer um, to our high school. If they're in seventh or eighth grade, that's a great place to start, and we can start the conversation uh, about um, getting accepted and getting ready to go on your high school career. If St. Paul is uh, is the direction you'd like to go, we'd love to have you. SPLHS.org. O-R-G is the website. You can find a lot of information on that website about what's going on at the school and then uh, admission as well. And uh, Clint's the guy to talk to about you admission. Bet. <laughs> bet. I'd be happy to talk to you. Well, thank you so much for coming over today to campus, or, I mean, to the uh, to the IC to share with us uh, more about St. Paul Lutheran High School. I feel like I've learned a lot, and I know every opportunity we have to, to connect with uh, alumni or the faculty and students at St. Paul Lutheran High School, I learned something new as well. I know the arts programs there are outstanding. I know music, Terrific, yes. choral music is, is fantastic at St. Paul Lutheran High School, and uh, proud to include St. Paul Lutheran High School music in our music library here as well at KFUO. Clint Colwell, Director of Admission, St. Paul Lutheran High School in Concordia, Missouri. Clint, thanks so much for being my guest today on Faith and Family. Terrific. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Coming up in just a little bit, Thy Strong Word, right here on the Messenger of Good News Worldwide, KFUO. Listen to Faith and Family Monday through Friday at this time. Faith and Family is a listener-supported program. Your financial support is needed for Faith and Family to continue. Our address is 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can contact us on the web and download Faith and Family at KFUO.org. Worldwide KFUO, on the air, online, and on demand.